Hey there, it's Sarah Holder, host of Big Take. I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal, co-hosted by Yankees legend Alex Rodriguez. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, and executives like Maria Sharapova, Michael Strahan, Derek Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into the world of sports, media, and entertainment, and dives into the wins, losses, and lessons learned along the way. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch on Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Originals on YouTube. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts. Radio. News. Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 disappeared seemingly out of thin air 10 years ago. Aviation officials lost contact with the flight less than an hour after it took off from Kuala Lumpur. It is aviation's biggest mystery. The search continues. So far, 48 hours on, no sign of the plane, no debris. It's been really puzzling for the, for the searchers here. The 239 people on board were never found. And over the past decade, only a few fragments of debris from the plane have turned up. Confirming that the plane part found on the island of Reunion did indeed come from MH370, that missing plane that uh, authorities have been searching for for a year now. It was a shocking event that sent ripples through the airline industry and around the world. Aviation authorities and manufacturers alike were adamant that changes were necessary to ensure that it wouldn't happen again. They even had some potential solutions. But it's 10 years later, and one of those key changes hasn't been implemented, meaning the prospect of another MH370-style mystery still looms on the horizon. Today on the show, remembering the tragedy of Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, how it prompted the promise of improved industry standards, and what has gotten in the way. From Bloomberg News, this is The Big Take. I'm Sarah Holder. Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 took off from Kuala Lumpur just after midnight on March 8, 2014. It was a Boeing 777 headed to Beijing. And at first... It looked like just a normal flight. And investigators have looked at the, the, the cockpit recordings, the audio transmissions. Everything seemed normal. Angus Whitley reports on the aviation industry for Bloomberg. And then within an hour, there was a final recorded transmission from the cockpit. Good night, Malaysian 370. And that was the last transmitted words from the cockpit. Minutes after that transmission, the plane disappeared off of air traffic control radars. And the big question was, what happened to it? This is the question, my goodness, it's known as as aviation's greatest mystery and we don't really know what happened to this plane. And 10 years on, we still don't really know that the so much research, so much science has gone into this missing plane. And I think it's for that reason, it's really weighed on people's minds. The story was featured on nightly news broadcasts for months, but even as search and rescue efforts grew in size and scope, there was nothing. Thousands of men and women scouring millions of square miles, looking for a needle in a haystack. 29 aircraft, 14 ships, still nothing. Looks now we're back to square one. It's 
kind of crazy that something like this happened. Today, I can find my smartphone almost instantly. How can it be that MH370, which is a Boeing 777, as long as a Manhattan city block, go missing so completely? Yeah, and and I think this is why the industry was struck into action at the time. In most situations, when airplanes are traveling above land, air traffic controllers can track them pretty efficiently. Satellite communication systems can also beam out aircraft positions. Usually aircraft are just handed off from air traffic control screen to air traffic control authority to the next one. Or if it's a domestic flight, they'll be on the screens of air traffic control pretty much the whole way. So it is possible for airlines and authorities to pretty much know where every plane is. So that means in theory, you, you should not get a plane fall out the sky and go missing forever. It's, so it, it comes down to, to the idea that if, can, can you lose a plane if there's some sort of foul play Investigators suspected that there could have been foul play involved in the case of the Malaysian plane, that perhaps the communication system was intentionally switched off. They couldn't say for sure. But it was this speculation and the urgency of the plane going missing that fueled calls for better systems, systems that could prevent a plane from going dark in any circumstance. And so there was a movement to see how the industry can better track its aircraft and also how they can make these tracking systems more resilient. One of the things that was proposed and decided on after MH370 went missing was that there must be a system in place where we can track aircraft that is autonomous. So irrespective of what happens on the aircraft or whether it loses power, there must be a system that's triggered if the plane is in trouble or in distress, as they call it in the industry. It must be a way of beaming that position to authorities and search and rescue authorities so they have a better idea of where it is. Malaysian authorities and global regulators proposed a new standard. A specific range of scenarios would activate a tracking device that would broadcast a plane's position at least once every minute. And the idea of that is if it goes down, we'll have a pretty good idea of where it's gone down um, in a remote part of the Earth. And to a lot of officials, this seemed like a great idea. Makes sense, right? In an emergency, have planes automatically put at their location minute by minute, even if systems shut down or power goes out. But the deadline set by officials for the aviation industry to implement that backup has long passed. And most planes still don't have them. Why not? When we come back, how bureaucracy and financial pressure slowed these efforts to a halt. Hey there, it's Sarah Holder, host of Big Take. I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal, co-hosted by Yankees legend Alex Rodriguez. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, and executives like Maria Sharapova, Michael Strahan, Derek Jeter, and more. The deal takes you behind the scenes into the world of sports, media, and entertainment, and dives into the wins, losses, and lessons learned along the way. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch on Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Originals on YouTube. We're back. Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 disappeared from radars on March 8, 2014. 239 people were on board, and none were found. 
In the aftermath of the tragedy, aviation officials made calls for emergency systems to be installed on all new jets, systems that would send out a plane's location every minute in case of emergency. But that didn't exactly go according to plan. Bloomberg reporter Angus Whitley told me about the plan set in place by the International Civil Aviation Organization, a group that sets aviation standards, and how the goalposts have continued to shift. Right, so this happened in sequences, and I guess sort of I've been looking at all the the regulatory amendments since 2014, and MH370 went missing, and the first deadline for the implementation of one-minute tracking as it became known, was in January 1st, 2021. And it was at that point where a rule was meant to come into force where large passenger planes would have to beam their positions at least once a minute when they were in trouble. And that was in January 2021. Now, as it got closer to that deadline, it emerged that this wasn't actually going to be possible. Australians submitted this submission to to ICAO, which is the global agency which makes aviation standards, and they suggested that actually the industry was not ready for this new standard. And they said that there had been miscommunication between ICAO and search and, and rescue authorities. They suspected it wasn't going to be possible to meet this January 2021 deadline. So that saw the standard pushed back to 2023. And in the build-up to 2023, the COVID pandemic upended commercial air travel. And that was an enormous blow. And so not only did that leave sort of air, air travel essentially crippled and fleets grounded, but it also saw brand new planes that weren't equipped with this tracking device sent to the desert and put in storage. So it really made it very difficult to hit that 2023 standard. Not least, there were huge financial pressure on the aviation industry from airlines to suppliers. There was a shortage of labor. And so this implementation deadline for the one minute tracking was pushed back again. And it's not going to come into force until January 2025. That's left us in a situation where 10 years after the crash, we still haven't got this rule in place that was deemed so urgent, you know, shortly after MH370 went missing. I mean, you mentioned COVID as one reason for the holdup. But besides that, what's stopping the aviation industry from adopting these tracking measures based on what your sources have told you? Aviation is is a very slow-moving beast, and they operate under a set of global standards. What people tell me is there may be some countries that are perfectly able to implement a standard at a certain time, but they operate under the lowest common denominator. So it's a global industry, and they have a set of global operating standards. I think it has to be said that MH370 was an extremely rare event, and it's the only one of, of its kind I can remember in, in modern aviation. So the chances of, of that happening again are you know, almost by definition very, very rare. Um, and I think with time, the, the urgency to address what happened and the urgency to, to prevent another thing happened has, has dimmed uh, as, as essentially the, the shock of it has, has worn off. And if you look at the, the regulatory amendments sort of chronicling these delays that I've talked about, some of them mentioned that the cost benefits of delaying the implementation of this standard, you know, that the, the industry saved several hundred million dollars in, in delaying this. These proposed requirements will only apply to new planes when they come into effect by that delayed deadline, 2025. 
Bloomberg News reached out to more than a dozen major airlines and asked how many planes of theirs met the requirements already. Of the airlines that replied, very few planes were compliant. We were told by two or three that they had a handful, no more than than seven in one case. Air France told us they had seven jets that were compliant with the standard, and Air France had more than 250 planes in operation last year. Korean Airlines said it had three planes compliant with the standard, and Korean Air has more than 150 planes in its fleet. So the indications are that the standard is really in very few planes in the air at the moment. There are 20,000 planes that are already in service before this year that don't have the device as, as well. So there's a huge big hole in the kind of tracking ability of the global commercial fleet. And those planes are going to be flying for decades without this tracking device because there's no requirement to retrofit this tracking device. The lack of answers is still weighing on people 10 years on, not least the families. I mean, this is, this is a, a human tragedy and hundreds of, of families are, are still left with no answers. But when I speak to people involved at the time who were searching for the plane, you know, it still weighs on some of them. Even now, I spoke to an Australian air safety investigator who joined the international team investigators up in Kuala Lumpur, uh, and he told me he still thinks about MH370 every day. This is The Big Take from Bloomberg News. I'm Sarah Holder. This episode was produced by Alex Sugiura. It was edited by Aaron Edwards and Katrina Nicholas. It was fact-checked by Tiffany Choi. It was mixed by Alex Sugiura. Our senior producers are Naomi Shaven and Jill Duddy Carley. We get editorial direction from Elizabeth Ponso. Nicole Beamsterbor is our executive producer. Sage Bauman is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Please follow and review The Big Take wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps new listeners find the show. Hey there, it's Sarah Holder, host of Big Take. I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal, co-hosted by Yankees legend Alex Rodriguez. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, and executives like Maria Sharapova, Michael Strahan, Derek Jeter, and more. The deal takes you behind the scenes into the world of sports, media, and entertainment, and dives into the wins, losses, and lessons learned along the way. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch on Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Originals on YouTube.